Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, we have none other than Dina Sayek Dahl, attorney at law, legal analyst, should be fun. Also, in the bullpen, Gabriella Hoffman, commentator Young Voices, she wants to debate about gun rights in America, in particular, constitutional carry. Top story of the day. Former President Donald Trump added again, telling telling people they need to lay down their lives because of critical race theory. Here it is. Getting critical race theory out of our schools is not just a matter of values, it's also a matter of national survival. We have no choice. The fate of any nation ultimately depends upon the willingness of its citizens to lay down, and they must do this, lay down their very lives to defend their country. If we allow the Marxists and communists and socialists to teach our children to hate Hate America, there will be no one left to defend our flag or to protect our great country or its freedom. Yeah, a lot of dog whistle in that speech. Once again, Trump wants to incite people to do violence for him because, as my grandmother would say, he won't bust the soft side of a grape. So now he's telling people to go after a fantasy. Critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 education. I will prove it on this segment. Before I go there, remember he said it is for our national survival. Do you think he's talking about all Americans or just a particular, I don't know, demographic? You remember he said that he is in fact a nationalist during a speech while he was president of the United States. This man is violent, he's a criminal, a thug. Let me remind you of some of his greatest hits. The president praised a Montana congressman for assaulting a reporter last year. Any guy that can do a body slam, he's my kind. But I had heard that he body slammed a reporter. You just see him thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. Don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody, don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? President Trump escalating his war on the media. (laughs) Tweeting a mock video showing him outside a wrestling ring, tackling and punching a man with the CNN logo covering his face. The demonstrator walking out gets sucker punched. Multiple cameras at the North Carolina rally capturing the assault as it happens. During the campaign at some Trump rallies, there were outbreaks of violence against protesters. At times, then candidate Trump appeared to encourage it. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? We're not allowed to punch back anymore. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. The Secret Service investigating this incident where one of their agents slammed to the ground a photographer from Time Magazine who clashed with the agent. The president in no way uh, former fashion has ever uh, promoted or encouraged violence, if anything, quite the contrary. Lies, Huckabee, all lies, and you know it. Now, remember also, Donald Trump is the one who told 
the rioters who committed an act of domestic terrorism against the United States Capitol to do so. He even said, I will be there with you, which was another lie. He has now toyed with the idea of giving them a pardon if he's elected president again. Back to the original commentary that we're talking about. Donald Trump telling American citizens to literally lay down their lives to stop people from teaching something that is not taught in K through 12 education. Former President Donald Trump called on his supporters to lay down their lives to fight against critical race theory during his rally. This happened Saturday night. The former president rallied his base by criticizing Republican lawmakers who have opposed him and doubled down on his hardline conservative positions, including CRT, which is the study of institutional racism in the legal system. The subject has emerged as a hot button issue for conservatives who argue it is divisive and should not be taught in schools. Once again, it is not taught in K through 12 education. During the rally, Trump invoked CRT as being a matter of national survival, calling on his supporters to fight to keep it out of our schools. He also attacked GOP South Carolina lawmakers who previously have been critical of him, including representatives Tom Rice, who voted to impeach him and Nancy Mace. Now, let me remind you, this is all about personality. This has nothing to do with people. This has nothing to do with policy. Donald Trump attacks people not based on principle, not based on policy, but based on personality. If they do not like his personality, he will not like them. He will turn the party, the Republican Party, against that person. He does not care about the Republican system or values. And here's the reality, for Republicans who say they do, they really don't. Because if you actually cared about the values of your party, you would not have allowed a charlatan like Trump to hijack it. If you actually cared about the proclamation of your platform, Donald Trump would have never been able to shrink it to meet him. It's all lip service, there's more. Critical race theory for the record does not attribute racism to white people. Some people are surprised to know that. It does not attribute racism to white people as individuals or even as a group. Simply put, critical race theory states that United States social institutions, criminal justice systems, education, labor markets, housing and healthcare are laced with racism embedded in laws, regulations, rules, culture and procedures that lead to differential outcomes by race. Sociologists and other scholars have long noted that racism can exist without actual racist people. A point I've made right here on Indisputable. Now remember, Trump is telling his followers they must lay down their lives to stop critical race theory in K through 12 education. Have you ever pondered on this? If it's such a problem, why don't we hear K through 12 educators telling us it's a problem? Teachers nationwide say K through 12 schools are not are not requiring or pushing them to teach critical race theory. And most said they were opposed to adding the academic approach to their course instruction, according to a survey obtained by NBC News. Critical race theory 
He is a high academic advanced theoretical construct of study. It is not and has not been utilized in K through 12 education. Despite a rolling culture war that was blown up at school board meetings and led to new legislation and state houses across the country. The responses from more than 1100 teachers across the country to a survey conducted by the Association of American Educators, a nonpartisan professional group for educators appeared to suggest that the panicked dialogue on critical race theory made by lawmakers and the media does not reflect the reality of American classrooms. Here's another note for those who are keeping up with this. You know all of these bills that call themselves anti-critical race theory bills or bans on critical race theory. Guess what is absent in the language of the legislation? The terminology critical race theory. They are using it once again as a pretext to create the context to stop teachers from teaching real history in the United States of America. What they don't want to happen is for teachers to be empowered to teach the truth about American institution and American history. Ms. Dahl, what are your thoughts here? You know, I would say to his supporters, why don't you wait to see if he's gonna lay down his life before mm. you do that? Because you know mm -hmm. he's not that kind of leader. And you know, we have actually a real problem with um, violent threats against our school board members. So him saying that in that context is very dangerous. We've seen him inciting violence and then it happening with the Capitol riot and other situations. The Department of Justice has actually opened up an investigation because of the number of threats against them. And I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. School boards are mostly women. It is. Um, more women make up school boards than any other political organization in our country. So he's threatening violence, you know, against mostly women. I feel really bad. You know, these people are not usually paid or at all. I mean, they're true public servants, and they are getting really harassed on a daily basis. Never mind our teachers as well. So. You know, I'm glad that you're bringing this out because this is a really legitimate problem. You know, this kind of threat of violence against them. Yeah, you make a really great point about the people who serve as members of school boards. They are typically not career politicians. They do not make a lot of money. Some places don't pay them anything but a stipend for traveling to the school board meeting. And you're right, you have a lot of women who are elected to that position. A lot of individuals who are parents decided to run to become public servants. And you have some who are school teachers who decided to run and seek office as a school board member. We're gonna continue to track this. Obviously, this is going to start a new wave of violence. It is unfortunate, but it is real. We have seen this happen time and time again. Let me take you to the state of Florida. Yeah, you see that guy, dumb as hell. That guy had meth. He didn't believe it was meth after he bought it. So he called the police to have them check the authenticity of the meth he had purchased. You guys think I'm playing, I'm dead serious, okay? His name is Thomas Eugene Colucci, 41 years of age has been charged with possession of methamphetamine and two counts of possessing drug paraphernalia. Let me give you the background to this. Okay, so that guy called 911 to ask for a quality control check on the meth he had just bought. Saying he wanted to protect others from buying fake product. Police obliged. <laughs> 
coming to his door and testing the meth. That was his request, they obliged. Um, they found out that the meth was actually legit and then they arrested him. The 7 p.m. call came to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office on Thursday. The department said in a statement, <laughs> you know they had to release a statement. They said upon arrival, deputies met with Mr. Colucci. Colucci told deputies he had recently purchased methamphetamine from a male he met at a local bar. And after having used it, used a bit of it, he believed it was actually bath salts. Colucci went on to tell deputies he was an experienced drug user, having used methamphetamine in the past and knew what it should feel like. Put up his picture again, okay? He's either one of two things. He's either the dumbest meth head walking or he believes he is the most privileged meth addict of them all. Who would believe they can call the police and get them to do a quality control check on your meth? He brought out the suspected products, two small baggies containing a white crystalline substance. He handed them over explaining that the substance had not provided the sensation he was expecting. Worried that other people might buy the fake methamphetamine from the same person and determined to protect fellow contraband buying humans. Colucci wanted the meth tested and his seller held accountable for any irregularities. Put up his picture again, just a regular community leader doing what he can do. Okay, Colucci wanted deputies to put the person in trouble for selling dangerous drugs. However, he was unable to provide a name or any contact information for the individual. As requested, the deputy performed a field test on a sample of the white crystal-like substance from each of the baggies. They all tested positive for methamphetamine. Now, here's what happened, okay? It wasn't that the meth didn't work good enough, it worked too damn good. It worked so good that he called the police on himself. Ms. Dahl, as an attorney, I gotta ask you this question. Let's say the police officers arrive, they take the baggies, they test it, and it actually is bath salts. This man has now done a great community service because bath salts have been known to be more extreme as far as impact than meth. Does he still go to jail or does he get hailed as a hero? I think we have to realize too, this is Florida. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking he doesn't go to jail, he's a hero. And you know, this was sounded very like Karen adjacent to me, this guy. <laughs> I wonder what, I wonder when he got arrested. We don't have the video, I hope we get that video very soon. But I wonder, did he go, you know, wait a minute guys, why are you locking me up? Why are you arresting yeah. me? I called you all, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. An off duty cop put his neck on the knee of a 12 year old girl inside of the school cafeteria. Let's go to the video, here it is.
Let's put up the steel that was captured by a cell phone inside of the cafeteria. The cop is an off duty Kenosha cop. He is now under fire after this video surfaced. This incident occurred at Lincoln Middle School on March 4th. There was a fight, there was an altercation, it happens. The 12 year old girl remains unidentified, she is a minor. Here's the report from ABC News, according to KPD. After a fight broke out between two students in the cafeteria during lunch, Kenosha Unified School District employees, including the off-duty officer, intervened and one staff member was injured. Attorney Drew Devaney, who represents the girl and her father, Gerald Perez, told ABC News that the girl suffered injuries to her head and neck and is currently receiving medical treatment. Perez told Milwaukee ABC affiliate WISN in an interview published Tuesday that his daughter was arrested for disorderly conduct. When sharing videos of the incident on Facebook, Perez expressed outrage comparing the image to George Floyd. Amid a national push for police reform after Floyd's death, Wisconsin banned the use of police chokeholds in June 2021, except in life threatening situations or in situations where a police officer had to defend themselves. Chokeholds include various police neck restraints. The officer's 37 years of age with four years of service at KPD, that's according to the police. But when requested by ABC News, the officer's identity, they declined to comment, they're hiding them. Police did not comment when asked if there were any updates on the investigation and would not confirm the 12 year old was arrested for disorderly conduct, lack of transparency across the board. Tanya Reuter, the chief communications officer for the Kenosha Unified School District told ABC News on Tuesday that the officer is a part time KUSD employee who was hired as an off duty Kenosha cop and is currently on paid leave from the district. Kenosha Police Department released a statement on Monday saying, and I quote, KPD together with KUSD is investigating the incident in its entirety while being cautious not to make conclusions based off of a small piece of information shared on social media. Both agencies will look to our respective policies and procedures for guidance in this circumstance. It is the highest priority of those officers who work in our schools to provide a safe and secure learning environment for our children and staff. So let me be very clear. There's another story that happened this week of a deputy sheriff who put his knee on an adult black male. That deputy was fired, immediately fired because it was considered excessive force. It was for less than an ounce of marijuana. We have been here before. This is a 12 year old child. These are typically against protocol, if not against the guidance of the department. And every resource officer who gives a damn about children will tell you we don't put our necks on children, the ones who actually care. Resource officers are really good cops, most of them. I know some of them personally. They look at their role as a role of mentorship, not arrest. They do not want kids to fear them. They want kids to respect them, listen to them, and they are able to provide some guidance to them, but this, you don't put your knee on the neck of 12 year old children. What's hard to understand about that?
You're a grown ass man. Ms. Dahl, thoughts on this case? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he did this while he was off duty, so they might try to claim that this wasn't part of his job. But if he's willing to do this, you know, he's gonna be doing this while he's on duty too. Right. So this should be a fireable offense for the police department. And the fact that he did it at all, especially to a child, after it was banned, after Chauvin's been convicted, the fellow officers convicted. I don't know what else you know would discourage somebody from doing this. So if he can't kind of rein himself in and have some self-discipline, then we shouldn't be giving him a badge. We shouldn't be giving him a gun. You know, this may have protected others, and I hope they they see it that way. Yeah, and once again, this is a scenario where. The policy is right, the written policy is correct, I agree with it. But the culture is opposite of the policy and culture eats policy alive any day of the week. So you can't talk about transforming, you have to start talking about transferring. You now have to talk about replacement and not simply talk about reform. It's time to get a new breed of cop in those positions rather than trying to reform the old breed of police officers who obviously are not willing to change. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable, we got a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, the big homie. JR Jackson, the watch list, all right? Make sure you tune in live, tyt.com forward slash watch list to follow, subscribe, support. Make sure you do that. A lot of content, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Find out the stories you need to pay attention to news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. Also, podcast launch, the habituation room, Francesca. That's not part of TYT, it's a big deal. Join Francesca and her famous progressive friends. As they deliver an hour of laughs and analysis. Some of the stuff you have to laugh, not to cry, all right? Make sure you check that out. Anywhere you can get a podcast download, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast is part of the TYT network. Canvas 2022, help amplify the message of progressive candidates and their races. Mainstream media will often ignore progressive voices. But we know the TYT audience is too strong and can make a difference in the upcoming midterm elections. Learn more, real simple, tyt.com forward slash canvas 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. This Karen has been dubbed Bra Section Karen. Here's what led up to that. 
Yeah, I think I might take some bras too, because like you can just steal now, right? Thank you. Well, stealing is never okay. No, but they're looting. We tried to help her find a new bra after she complained about the one she bought. Don't touch me, bitch. Don't touch me. We returned the bra she didn't like, even though it was past the return date. You're stealing, so you go. I'm not, no, I'm not stealing. You are stealing. Left the store. You just said you just said you were going to steal. Left the store. You just said you were going to steal. No, I said stealing. Everybody's doing it. Because you called everybody disrespectful names. And they're chasing me because I called one of their girls a bitch. And don't forget that. Oh, are we snowflakes? Are we I have Classic Karenicity behavior here. She physically attacks those who are working in a service industry. This is a clothing store. And then she says that she needs to call the police on them. After they have been courteous, by the way, and allowed her to return an item that was passed due the return date. Ms. Dahl, thoughts? You know, normally I just kind of laugh at these things, but after the beginning Trump story that we had, mm. I feel like this is a really perfect example of how people feel entitled to really hurt somebody else, whether with words or physical actions, if you disagree with them. And we can't have that. You know, we're not going to be able to coexist if we can't, you know, whatever. They may have done something she didn't like and she could have expressed that. And that should have been it. You know, why? But when we have a former president say, hey, go do violence on these school board members if we don't agree with them, we're going to have a customer who feels like, hey, she can do the same thing. She could be violent with somebody over something as meaningless as that. How do we, don't, do we just completely break down our norms of society if this becomes, you know, everyone's entitled to treat people this way? Yeah, and that's why we defend those that work in service industries. Um, I used to work in a clothing store. All right, I used to wait tables. I've done all of those jobs growing up. And the amount of negativity and degrading that comes from some individuals who look at you less than is insane. But once again, with the great equalizer, we provide an opportunity for correction and reflection right here on Indisputable. All right, I got something for everybody. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Car, please. Move your car, please. Move your car. Look at her, y'all. Look at her, y'all. Look at her, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's my point. I don't have I don't know that you live here. Same difference. I'm going about my business. Go the about your business, man. Is open all day. Look at her, y'all. All they gotta do is the first date and come right down the street. Right come right down the street. That's my point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How does it matter? Because somebody can go in the first gate and do whatever they want. You stop to make a point of nothing. Move the please. Look, you look crazy right now. Why would you do this to yourself? And you about to go viral. 
yeah, that brother must be a prophet because yes, she is about to go viral. Once again, another Karen demanding freedom papers. And I've broken this down before. Anytime a person walks up to a black individual and demands proof of why they can be mobile, why they are walking, why they are in this neighborhood, that's the equivalent of demanding freedom papers. You have the right to be mobile. You have the right to assemble. You have the right to walk around communities. That's your right in the United States of America. But when people demand you show them some type of proof, I don't know, maybe a lease agreement, maybe an ID that shows your address. That's the equivalent of freedom papers. Let me give you some background on freedom papers. Freedom papers and certificates of freedom used to be real things in America were documents declaring the free status of blacks. These papers were important because free people of color live with the constant fear of being kidnapped and sold into slavery. Today is the constant fear of the police being called on you and you being taken to jail for some dumbness. Freedom papers proved the free status of a person and served as a legal affidavit. Some individuals are still not out of that slave era mentality. Ms. Dahl, thoughts about this? I mean, absolutely. It's so offensive and the epitome of treating somebody less than to question their ability to go about their business as that man on the video says. Yeah, and think about this. If four or five black people would have walked up to that white woman and said, show us proof that you are supposed to park here, that you live here, show us your lease agreement, show us your ID. She would have screamed, called 911, and those individuals would have likely been arrested for harassment. You see, the reason why it's problematic is because it would never work the other way around, and everybody knows it. Okay, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. Just Be Anti-Racist says, what is it with Karens and ladies intimate apparel stores? I know it seems like a weird cause and effect here, doesn't it? Craig Cray Souffle, you don't say stealing in a business like you don't say bomb on an airplane or you're gone. So bye bye, cross your heart, Karen. Yeah, okay. As somewhere place, a somewhere place. Uh, people are dying and she's pulling this ish. Go home, lady. Rules apply to you too. Be nice next time. Agreed. Uh, the other Karen. Leg and killer 26, I think. Uh, that's the Karen hair, haircut for you. Jax Drax says, just another racist being racist. Yeah, I agree. Um, Adabom says he gave her every chance to show some logic, empathy, and move on. But nope, Karen Mode it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Not very surprising. Tucker Carlson receives promotion and praise from Vladimir Putin. Now, Vladimir Putin is saying we want Tucker Carlson to run all day on all of our state controlled and heavily influenced state controlled media. Where's this coming from? Probably when Tucker Carlson did actually praise Vladimir Putin. Here it is. It'd be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? 
Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Has he shipped every middle class job in my town to Russia? Did he manufacture a worldwide pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he teaching my children to embrace racial discrimination? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Vladimir Putin didn't do any of that. So according to a leaked document, Russia now wants um, that guy, Tucker Carlson, to be everywhere. Mother Jones leaked this. According to the Kremlin, this is essential. Tucker Carlson is now essential to Russian propaganda in Russia. I kid you not. On March 3rd, a Russian military force bombed Ukrainian cities as part of Vladimir Putin's illegal invasion of his neighbor. The Kremlin sent out talking points to state friendly media outlets with the request, use more Tucker Carlson. Well, damn. It's a 12 page document entitled for media and commentators recommended coverage. It is essential to use as much as possible fragments of broadcast of the popular Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who sharply criticizes the actions of the United States and NATO, their negative role in unleashing the conflict in Ukraine and the defiantly provocative behavior from the leadership of the Western countries and NATO towards the Russian Federation and toward President Putin personally. That's from the leaked memo inside of Russia. It sums up Carlson's position. Russia is only protecting its interest. This is what he said, is only protecting its interest and security. The memo includes a quote from Carlson. And how would the US behave if such a situation developed in neighboring Mexico or Canada? He's drawing false comparisons here, trying to create conclusions that do not fit the narrative. No other Western journalist is referenced in the memo, only. Tucker Carlson. The document was produced according to its metadata at a Russian government agency called the Department of Information and Telecommunication Support, which is part of the Russian security apparatus. According to Mother Jones, anonymous source, memos like this have been common practice by Putin's administration during the war. Carlson repeatedly noted there was no reason for the United States to assist Ukraine in its battle with Russia and insisted it was not treason. It is not un-American to support Putin. He contended that Ukraine was not a democracy, but a client state of the United States government. False narrative again. After Putin invaded Ukraine, Carlson shifted to a new line. That the United States and the West actually goaded Putin into war and provided no explanation as to why that would benefit the US. Last week, Tucker went off about the supposed US bio warfare labs in Ukraine. It's another conspiracy theory started by Russia, echoed by China, adopted by Gabbard in the United States, and now proclaimed by Tucker. Isn't that fascinating? Let's go to the video. Trying to teach profanity on the air to describe our reaction. Our jaws drop, let's leave it there. 
Under oath in an open committee hearing, Toria Newland just confirmed that the Russian disinformation they've been telling us for days is a lie and a conspiracy theory and crazy and immoral to believe is in fact totally and completely true. Whoa. You don't hear things like that every Okay, all right. Uh, so the White House has already spoken about this. So has the uh, Secretary of State. Uh, no, it is not true. It's not a bioweapon lab, never has been. Okay, the memo claims bio laboratories set up and funded in Ukraine have been experimenting with bat coronavirus samples. Uh, it cites uh, Newland's testimony and says, the United States was involved with military biological laboratories in Ukraine that potentially posed a global threat to all of Europe. The objective of the labs is to create viruses for targeted destruction of the population in Russia. That's what the memo claims, that's what the conspiracy theory is. And that conspiracy theory once again comes directly from Russia propaganda machines. It is unclear whether these memos had any impact on Russia media outlets which already were regularly citing and praising Carlson anyway. Pro-Putin media organizations in Russia have not, may not have needed the Kremlin's recent encouragement to make Carlson a star, he already is. RT, Russia Television, the Russian propaganda outlet embraced Carlson's defense of RT after social media companies banned RT. Comment Fox News has not commented about this Mother Jones article. For more details, go to that Mother Jones article, it is quite fascinating. But here's the reality, in the world of intelligence, you will call Tucker Carlson an willing but unwitting asset of the Russian government. He's a willing, unwitting asset of the Russian government. Now, will Tucker come out and say, I don't like how Russia is using my content, I am not a Russian surrogate, I have disagreement with Russia, will he, will he do any of that? Hell to the null. He won't do any of that because the guy likely is. All right, Ms. Dahl, thoughts? I agree, he knows who his audience is. As they say, they play his clips all the time. Why does he do it? Power, I mean, personal gain. So, you know, I think this kind of lends the light to how dangerous it was that Trump started this whole fake news conspiracy. Our media, it's a fourth institution of our government, is so important. And these lies that Tucker Carlson puts out, millions of people watch him and believe it. And yes, Russia is kind of co-opting that. But what is happening here to our country also is super dangerous. I mean, we have a new lawsuit now against Fox, right? For their lies that they made during the election by the voting machine companies. And Fox might finally be held to some standard because of those lies. But the problem with Tucker Carlson is he's an opinion show, not their news show. And so he actually has more latitude in what he says in terms of liability because yep. opinions are more protected. But are the people watching him knowing that essentially this is an opinion show and it's not meant to be facts? I mean, I could say no, people think that what he's saying is supposed to be facts and they're not. And this is really a major issue our country is gonna have to face. Yeah, he disguises himself with the news barrier and every lawsuit Fox News has won. They have argued that no reasonable person would believe that Tucker Carlson is a factual news source. That has been the defense every single time and they have won predicated on that defense. Now here's the other irony connected to Tucker Carlson. He is obviously supporting Vladimir Putin. 
He is part of the Russian propaganda machine now, but he will still be called a patriot. Those in this country will still say he's America first, even though his own commentary is contrary to an American first agenda. All right. Racism inside of school systems, we highlight these. It is insane, it is bad, and it needs to be handled properly. Students racially harassed a black teen on the bus. Let's put up a picture of this young black teenager. This was at Laveca Middle School in Arkansas. Black teenage girl was taunted with racial epithets as she boarded a school bus. But it wasn't the first time. She's a seventh grader. Has faced all of this since transferring to the middle school in the fall. Now, let me give you some chilling detail about what happens when kids like this are bullied. The kids on the bus, they called her, put a picture back up for me. The kids on the bus, they called her things like Rosa Parks, as if that's a bad thing. And they shouted Black Lives Matter as if that's a negative. And they called her the N word. Her name is Alyssa Shaw. Alyssa said the chants were so loud that she could not hear her own voice. Alyssa also said in October, a male student followed her, calling her the N word and saying that he hates black people. Her mother has since pulled her out from the school. This is sad. Now, what conservatives will tell you is that this is not actually a problem in K through 12 education, even though we highlight this every week on Indisputable. They will say, no, we need to make laws to ban the teaching of critical race theory, even though it's not even taught in K through 12 education. They want you to fix things that are not broken. They don't want to fix things that are. In a letter to Becky Beerus, that's the young lady's mother. The school principal said the school district investigated the incident and found violations of the school district's bullying policy. District officials told reporters they could not provide specifics on the discipline actions because the students are minors. I don't know what students were punished and not punished and what their punishments were, the mother said. It concerned me that she might be cornered or picked on again. The local police department said they opened an investigation and the students who bullied the teenager could face possible harassment charges. That's not the only school. There's another middle school, it's in Maryland. Let's put up a picture of Middleton Middle School, okay? Three teenagers have now been charged with hate crimes after making racist threats on social media and Snapchat. They posed with guns with the caption saying, Slaves run away, we finna shoot some more N-words. These are children, okay? Investigators said three white eighth graders at Middleton Middle School posed with weapons and used racial slurs in Snapchat posts that were later shared Wednesday in a group chat with other students. And one of the teens was immediately pulled from class after school staffers learned of the post. Authorities said one of the weapons was real while the others were BB or airsoft guns. And one of the teens was charged with firearm possession by a minor. But investigators said the teen's parents were not liable for the child gaining access to the gun. Those teens parents are liable for that damn racism. 
See, racism is learned, which means it must be taught. And typically, not 100%, but nine out of 10, if you have a racist child, you have a racist home environment. There's a culture there, it comes from somewhere. Ms. Dahl, thoughts? You know, these children are completely captive audiences. So it does take you and all of us really highlighting their stories and, and helping them here. You know, the, the difference between Arkansas and Maryland and the fact that the Maryland they've already pressed these hate crime charges. Arkansas was one of three states who didn't have any hate crime law on its books. Last year it passed one, but it's very weak, and that could be why they haven't yet been charged. Whereas Maryland, it's a hate crime for verbally abusing, you know, slurring someone, which allowed them you know the the authorities to do something about it it That's highlights right. how important the laws we pass are and then in terms of you know i really hope the school and the and the cities realize that they can do something about this you know we can they it may sound trite but you know reading books from various diverse authors and learning about different people's experiences as part of the curriculum doing field trips having assemblies you know like you said if they're not getting it from the home, you know, introducing to people that we are all the same, really, you know, having compassion and empathy for each other, teaching that we can teach that in the school. And some schools are actually really good at that, and others should take the lesson from them. Yeah, and you make a very strong point about the reality of racism being learned, right? You can deconstruct that, it is a constructed model, yes. But you can deconstruct that model. But when you eliminate books on Rosa Parks, which we have seen state legislatures do so, all of a sudden you think Rosa Parks is a negative. If you're a student, maybe a white student, you think it's a negative. You think it's something to criticize a black student about and say Rosa Parks, that's a badge of honor, damn it. That's not anything to be critical about or saying black lives matter is somehow adversarial and a negative. Once again, you're miseducated, but you have been designed to believe as you believe. And when we eliminate curriculum that's based on true history, we are unable to unravel the mess that many of these students have been taught in their home life. Ted Cruz is upset. Because Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown Jackson would not drink his coffee. Here it is. So, so I'll tell you a, a couple of interesting uh, just moments from from uh, meeting in my office. Number one, when she was there, um, I offered her and everyone there some Cuban coffee. As 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 a Cuban American, I sometimes when people come to my office, get we make Cuban coffee. And she turned down the Cuban coffee, which I got to say, anyone that turns down coffee, I'm highly suspect of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the Cuban coffee. Anybody who's an elected US Senator amid a natural disaster decides to take a vacation and leave the state that he represents, I'm highly suspect of Ted Cruz when you did that, remember? Um, here's the truth, I wouldn't take a damn cup of coffee from Ted Cruz either. All right, so that's a criticism. He did not vote for her in her current position, by the way. He is likely not to vote and support her now. She was right for not accepting that coffee. Um, Ted uh, says he met with uh, the SCOTUS nominee and she turned down his coffee, made him highly suspect. Now, I wanna remind you, 
of Lindsey Graham. Remember, Lindsey Graham said before the nominee was chosen, he said, "Oh, you know, this will make the Supreme Court look more like America." That's what he said, and I told you when I read his statement on Indisputable, he'll change his mind because Lindsey Graham has no backbone. He always bends in ways that defy medical science, and he did. As soon as we have a nominee, he then says, "The radical left has won." Even though he voted to confirm Judge Jackson in her current position. And here's what Tucker Carlson said, need I remind you? So it might be time for Joe Biden to let us know what Kentaji Brown Jackson's LSAT score was. What else she do in the LSATs? Why wouldn't he tell us that? That would settle the question conclusively as to whether she's a once in a generation legal talent, the next learned hand. You know, let me just go to Reverend Haynes on this one. That he wants to see the LSAT scores of Katanji Brown. Hold on, Tuck Tuck. Little Tuck Tuck. You want to see her LSAT scores? Please make sure you check out that entire damn sermon on the indisputable YouTube page. All right, Miss Dahl, always a pleasure having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Thank you so much for having me. They can follow me on Twitter, AskDinaDahl1. Always take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.